0: Act Four of Jane Shore, a tragedy by Nicholas Rowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act the Fourth, Scene One. The same. Enter Duke of Gloucester, Ratcliffe, and Catsby.
1: This was the sum of all, that he would brook no alteration in the present state. Marry at last. THE TESTY GENTLEMAN WAS ALMOST MOVED TO BID US BOLD DEFIANCE. BUT THERE I DROPPED THE ARGUMENT, AND CHANGING THE FIRST DESIGN IN purport OF MY SPEECH, I PRAISED HIS GOOD AFFECTION TO YOUNG EDWARD, AND LEFT HIM TO BELIEVE MY THOUGHTS LIKE HIS. PROCEED WE THEN IN THIS FOREMENTIONED MATTER, AS NOTHING BOUND OR TRUSTING TO HIS FRIENDSHIP.
2: ILL DOES IT THUS BEFALL. I could have wished this lord had stood with us. His name had been of vantage to your highness, and stood to our present purpose much instead.
1: This wayward and perverse declining from us has warranted at full the friendly notice which we this morn received. I hold it certain the puling, whining harlot rules his reason, and prompts his zeal for Edward's bastard brood if she have such dominion o'er his heart and turn it at her will you rule her fate and should by inference and apt deduction be arbiter of his is not her bread the very means immediate to her being the bounty of your hand why does she live if not to yield obedience to your pleasure, to speak, to act, to think as you command?
2: Let her instruct her tongue to bear your message, teach every grace to smile in your behalf, and her deluded eyes to gloat for you. His ductile reason will be wound about, be led and turned again, say and unsay, receive the yoke. AND YIELD EXACT OBEDIENCE.
1: YOUR COUNSEL LIKES ME WELL. IT SHALL BE FOLLOWED. SHE WAITS WITHOUT, ATTENDING ON HER SUIT. GO, CALL HER IN, AND LEAVE US HERE ALONE.
0: EXCIENT Ratcliffe AND CATSBY
1: HOW POOR A THING IS HE, HOW WORTHY SCORN, WHO leaves THE GUIDANCE OF IMPERIAL MANHOOD TO SUCH A PALTRY PIECE OF STUFF AS THIS IS. A MOPPET, made of prettiness and pride, that oftener does her giddy fancies change than glittering dewdrops in the sun do colors. Now, shame upon it! Was our reason given for such a use to be thus puffed about? So there is something more than witchcraft in them that masters even the wisest of us all.
0: Enter Jane Shore.
1: Ah, you are come most fitly, We have pondered on this, your grievance, and though some there are, nay, and those great ones too, who would enforce the rigour of our power to afflict you, and bear a heavy hand, yet fear not you. We have taken you to our favour, our protection shall stand between, and
3: shield you from mishap. The blessings of a heart with anguish broken and rescued from despair attend your Highness. Alas, my gracious Lord, what have I done to kindle such relentless wrath against me?
1: Mary, there are, though I believe them not, who say you meddle in affairs of state, that you presume to prattle like a busybody, give your advice, and teach the lords of the council what fits the order of the
3: commonweal. Oh, that the busy world, at least in this, would take example from a wretch like me, none then would waste their hours in foreign thoughts forget themselves and what concerns their peace to search with prying eyes for faults abroad if all like me considered their own hearts and wept their sorrows which they found at home go to i know your power
1: and though i trust not to every breath of fame i'm not to learn that hastings is professed your loving vassal but fair befall your beauty Use it wisely, and it may stand your fortunes much instead. Give back your forfeit land with large increase, and place you high in safety and in honour. Nay, I could point away, the which pursuing you shall not only bring yourself advantage, but give the realm
3: much worthy cause to thank you. Oh, where or how can my unworthy hand become an instrument of good to any? INSTRUCT YOUR LOWLY SLAVE AND LET ME FLY, TO YIELD OBEDIENCE TO YOUR DREAD COMMAND. WHY, THAT'S WELL SAID. THUS, THEN, OBSERVE
1: ME WELL. THE STATE, FOR MANY HIGH AND POTENT REASONS, DEEMING MY BROTHER EDWARD'S SONS UNFIT FOR THE IMPERIAL WEIGHT OF ENGLAND'S CROWN, ALAS, FOR PITY, THEREFORE HAVE RESOLVED TO SET ASIDE THEIR UNVEILING INFANCY, AND THUS THE SOVEREIGN RULE IN ABLER HANDS. This, though of great importance to the public, Hastings, for very peevishness and spleen, doth stubbornly oppose. Does he? Does Hastings?
3: Aye, Hastings. Reward him for the noble deed, just heavens, for this one action, guard him and distinguish him with signal mercies, and with great deliverance. Save him from wrong, adversity, and shame. Let never-fading honours flourish round him and consecrate his name, even to time's end. How now? The poor, forsaken royal little ones, shall they be left a prey to savage power? Can they lift up their harmless hands in vain, or cry to heaven for help, and not be heard? Impossible! O gallant, generous Hastings! Go on, pursue, assert the sacred cause, stand forth, thou proxy of all ruling providence.' and save the friendless infants from oppression. Saints shall assist thee with prevailing prayers, and warring angels combat on thy side.
1: You're passing rich in this same heavenly speech, and spend it at your pleasure. Nay, but mark me. My favour is not bought with words like these. Go to, you'll teach your tongue another tale.
3: No, though the royal Edward has undone me, he was my king, my gracious master still. He loved me too, though twas a guilty flame. And can I, oh, my heart abhors the thought, stand by and see his children robbed of right? Dare not, even for thy
1: soul, to thwart me further. None of your arts, your feigning and your foolery, your dainty squeamishness cawing it to me. Go, to your lord, your paramour, be gone.' Lisp in his ear, hang wanton on his neck, and play your monkey gambols o'er to him. You know my purpose. Look that you pursue it, and make him yield obedience to my will. Do it, or woe upon the harlot's head.
3: Oh, that my tongue had every grace of speech, great and commanding as the breath of kings, that I had art and eloquence divine to pay my duty to my master's ashes, and plead till death, the cause of injured innocence. Ah! dost thou brave me, minion? Dost thou know
1: how vile, how very a wretch my power can make thee? That I can place thee in such abject state as help shall never find thee, where, repining, thou shalt sit down and gnaw the earth for anguish, groan to the pitiless winds without return, Howl like the midnight wolf amidst the desert, and curse thy life in bitterness and misery.
3: Let me be branded for the public scorn, turned forth and driven to wander like a vagabond, be friendless and forsaken, seek my bread upon the barren, wild, and desolate waste, feed on my sighs and drink my falling tears, ere I consent to teach my lips injustice or wrong the orphan. He was none to save him. tis
1: well we'll try the temper of your heart. What ho, oh, who waits without
0: enter Ratcliffe, Catsby, and attendants.
1: go some of you, and turn this strumpet forth, spurn her into the street, there let her perish, and rot upon a dunghill through the city. See it proclaimed that none on pain of death presume to give her comfort, food, or harbour. Who ministers the smallest comfort dies. Her house, her costly furniture and wealth, We seize on for the profit of the
3: state. Away, be gone. O thou most righteous judge, Humbly behold I bow myself to thee, And own thy justice in this hard decree. No longer then my ripe offences spare, But what I merit let me learn to bear. Yet since tis all my wretchedness can give, For my past crimes my forfeit life receive. No pity for my sufferings here I crave, And only hope forgiveness in the grave.
0: Exit Jane Shore, guarded by Catsby and others.
3: So much for
1: this. Your project's at an end.
0: To Sir Richard.
1: This idle toy, this hilding, scorns my power, And sets us all at naught. See that a guard be ready at my call.
2: THE COUNCIL WAITS UPON YOUR HIGHNESS'S leisure.
1: I'LL ATTEND THEM.
0: Exeunt. SCENE 2. THE COUNCIL CHAMBER The Duke of Buckingham, Earl of Derby, Bishop of Ely, Lord Hastings, and others discovered in council. The Duke of Gloucester enters and takes his place at the upper end.
1: In happy times we are assembled here to point to the day and fix the solemn pomp for placing England's crown with all due rights upon our sovereign Edward's youthful brow.
4: Some busy meddling knaves, tis said there are. As such will still be prating, Who presume to carp and cavil at his royal right. Therefore I hold it fitting, with the soonest, To appoint the order of the coronation, So to approve our duty to the king, And stay the babbling of such vain gainsayers. To Gloucester. We all attend
0: to know your highness's pleasure.
1: My lords, a set of worthy men you are, Prudent and just, and careful for the state. Therefore, to your most grave determination, I yield myself in all things, and demand what punishment your wisdom shall think meet to inflict upon those damnable contrivers, who shall, with potions, charms, and witching drugs, practice against our person and our life.
4: So much I hold the king your highness's debtor, so precious are you to the commonweal that i presume not only for myself but in behalf of these my noble brothers to say whoe'er they be they merit death then judge
1: yourselves convince your eyes of truth behold my arm thus blasted dry and withered
0: pulling up his sleeves
1: shrunk like a foul abortion and decayed like some untimely product of the seasons robbed of its properties of strength and office this is the sorcery of edward's wife who in conjunction with that harlot shore and like other confederate midnight hags by force of potent spells of bloody characters and conjurations horrible to hear call fiends and specters from the yawning deep and set the ministers of hell at work to torture and to spoil me of my life
4: if they have done this deed
1: if they have done it talkest thou to me of ifs audacious traitor THOU ART THAT STRUMPET witch's CHIEF abettor, THE PATRON AND COMPLOTTER OF HER MISCHIEFS, AND JOINED IN THIS CONTRIVANCE FOR MY DEATH. Nay, start not, lords. What ho, a guard there, sirs. ENTER GUARDS. LORD HASTINGS, I ARREST THEE OF HIGH TREASON. SEIZE HIM, AND BEAR HIM INSTANTLY AWAY. HE SHALL NOT LIVE AN HOUR. BY HOLY PAUL I WILL NOT DINE BEFORE HIS HEAD BE BROUGHT ME. RATCLIFFE? stay thou and see that it is done the rest that love me rise and follow me
0: exeunt gloucester and lords lord hastings sir richard ratcliffe and guards remain
4: what and no more but this how to the scaffold o gentle ratcliffe tell me do i hold thee or if i dream what shall i do to wake to break to struggle through this dread confusion FOR SURELY DEATH ITSELF IS NOT SO PAINFUL, AS IS THIS SUDDEN HORROR AND SURPRISE. YOU HEARD THE DUKE'S
2: COMMANDS TO ME WERE ABSOLUTE. THEREFORE, MY LORD, ADDRESS YOU TO YOUR SHRIFT, WITH ALL GOOD SPEED YOU MAY. SUMMON YOUR COURAGE, AND BE YOURSELF, FOR YOU MUST DIE
4: THIS INSTANT. YES, Ratcliffe, I WILL TAKE THY FRIENDLY COUNSEL, AND DIE AS A MAN SHOULD. Tis somewhat hard to call my scattered spirits home at once, but since what must be, must be. Let necessity supply the place of time and preparation, and arm me for the blow. Tis but to die. Tis but to venture on the common hazard, which many a time in battle I have run. Tis but to close my eyes and shut out daylight, to view no more the wicked ways of men, no longer to behold the tyrant Gloucester, and be a weeping witness of the woes, the desolation, slaughter, and calamities, which he shall bring on this unhappy land.
5: Enter, Alicia. Stand off, and let me pass. I will, I must, catch him once more in these despairing arms, and hold him to my heart. Oh, Hastings! Hastings!
4: Alas! why comest thou at this dreadful moment to fill me with new terrors, new distractions, to turn me wild with thy distempered rage, and shock the peace of my departing soul. Away, I prithee, leave me.
5: Stop a minute, till my full griefs find passage. Oh, the tyrant! Perdition fall on Gloucester's head, and mine.
4: What means thy frantic grief?
5: I cannot speak, but I have murdered thee. Oh, I could tell thee.
4: Speak. And give ease to thy conflicting passion. Be quick, nor keep me longer in suspense. Time presses, and a thousand crowding thoughts, break in at once. This way and that they snatch, they tear my hurried soul. All claim attention, and yet not one is heard. Oh, speak, and leave me, for I have business, would employ an age, and but a minute's time to get it done in.
5: That, that's my grief. Tis I that urge thee on. Thus hunt thee to the toil, sweep thee from earth, and drive thee down this precipice of fate.
4: The reason is grown wild. Could thy weak hand bring on this mighty ruin? If it could, what have I done so grievous to thy soul, so deadly, so beyond the reach of pardon, that nothing but my life can make atonement?
5: Thy cruel scorn hath stung me to the heart. "'and set my burning bosom all in flames. "'Raving and mad, I flew to my revenge, "'and writ, I know not what, "'told the protector that Shore's detested wife "'by wiles had won thee to plot against his greatness. "'He believed it. O dire event of my pernicious counsel! "'And while I meant destruction on her head,' He has turned it all on thine.
4: O thou inhuman, turn thy eyes away, and blast me not with their destructive beams. Why should I curse thee with my dying breath? Be gone, and let me die in peace.
5: Canst thou, O cruel Hastings, leave me thus? Hear me, I beg thee, I conjure thee, hear me while with an agonizing heart I swear by all the pangs I feel, by all the sorrows, the terrors and despair thy loss shall give me. My hate was on my rival bent alone. Oh, had I once divined, false as thou art, a danger to thy life, I would have died, I would have met it for thee.
4: Now (laughs) mark. and tremble at heaven's just award while thy insatiate wrath and fell revenge pursued the innocence which never wronged thee behold the mischief falls on thee and me remorse and heaviness of heart shall wait thee and everlasting anguish be thy portion for me the snares of death are wound about me and now in one poor moment i am gone oh if thou hast one tender thought remaining fly to thy closet fall upon thy knees And recommend my parting soul to mercy.
5: Oh, yet before I go for ever from thee, turn thee in gentleness and pity to me. Kneeling. And in compassion of my strong affliction, say it is possible you can forgive the fatal rashness of ungoverned love. For oh, tis certain if i had not loved thee beyond my peace my reason fame and life this day of horror never would have known us
4: o rise and let me hush thy stormy sorrows raising her assuage thy tears for i will chide no more no more upbraid thee thou unhappy fair one i see the hand of heaven is armed against me and in mysterious providence decrees To punish me by thy mistaken hand, most righteous doom, for, oh, while I behold thee, thy wrongs rise up in terrible array, and charge thy ruin on me, thy fair fame, thy spotless beauty, innocence, and youth, dishonoured, blasted, and betrayed by me.
5: And does thy heart relent for my undoing? Oh, that inhuman Gloucester could be moved but half so easily as I can pardon.
4: Here, then, exchange we mutual forgiveness, so may the guilt of all my broken vows, my perjuries to thee, be all forgotten. As here my soul acquits thee of my death, as here I part without one angry thought, as here I leave thee with the softest tenderness, mourning the chance of our disastrous loves, and begging heaven to bless and to support thee.
2: My lord, dispatch. The duke has sent to chide me, For loitering in my duty.
4: I obey.
5: Insatiate savage monster! Is a moment so tedious to thy malice? Oh, repay him, thou great avenger! Give him blood for blood, guilt haunt him, Fiends pursue him, lightnings blast him, That he may know how terrible it is To want that moment he denies thee now.
4: This rage is all in vain that tears thy bosom. Retire, I beg thee, to see thee thus, thou know'st not how it wounds me. Thy agonies are added to my own, and make the burden more than I can bear. Farewell. Good angels visit thy afflictions, and bring thee peace and comfort from above.
5: Exit. Oh, stab me to the heart, some pitying hand! Now strike me dead!
0: Re-enter, Lord Hastings.
4: One thing I had forgot. I charge thee by our present common miseries, by our past loves, if they have yet a name, by all thy hopes of peace, here and hereafter, let not the rancor of thy hate pursue the innocence of thy unhappy friend. Thou knowest who tis I mean. O shouldst thou wrong her, just heaven shall double all thy woes upon thee, and make em know no end. Remember this as the last warning of a dying man. Farewell forever.
0: The guards carry Hastings off.
5: Forever. Oh, forever. Oh, who can bear to be a wretch forever? My rival, too. His last thoughts hung on her, and, as he parted, left a blessing for her. Shall she be blessed and I be cursed for ever? No, since her fatal beauty was the cause of all my sufferings, let her share my pains. Let her, like me, of every joy forlorn, devote the hour when such a wretch was born. Cast every good and every hope behind Detest the works of nature, loathe mankind, like me, with cries distracted, fill the air, tear her poor bosom, rend her frantic hair, and prove the torments of the last despair. Exit.
0: End of Act Four.